Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That's What B Said. We are in the year 2022. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by Miss Brittany Mollis at Birdseye View. Hello, Brittany. Hi, Bree. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're off to a great start. New Year, new us. <laughs> <laughs> in the worst way possible. <laughs> God. Oh, well, you know, I was watching guys, Notre Dame on Saturday and you know, watching that because I was so excited at the, the first half of the game. I was like, yes, we're back. Yeah, Marcus Freeman can't wait. New era. And then it all came crumbling to pieces, <laughs> of course. And I was like, you know what? At least I have tomorrow. The Browns are still alive. You said that. I did. I mean, what an ultimate mistake? I I just you know, need to shut up. That's <laughs> No, you don't. No, you don't. I I will say to me like watching Sunday happen and just having our hopes crushed was maybe more deflating than watching some of the Browns games this year. Wasn't that horrible? Because you were watching the Bengals game and you know Kansas City took a nice little lead and you're like, yeah. "All right, like this is going to go our way. This is fine." You know, the Ravens were, at first they were okay, and then they started slipping, and you're like, all right, things are falling this, into place, and then all of a sudden, boom, done. I mean, and and I tweeted about this, but, you know, it was not only the Bengals winning that crushed our hopes, it was how they won, yeah. and they knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs, they came back from being behind, they made significant plays they overcame a third and 27 they drove down the field within the final few minutes they made a field goal (laughs) they had penalties that benefited them and didn't hurt them I mean it was like that's all that we asked for in like one game you know all I wanted in the Brown season this year was like one game where we could maybe score on the final drive one game didn't have to be the same one where we got a penalty called our way one game where we made a field goal (laughs) To have all those things in one game is just not fair. What I would give to see the Browns have, like, a competent, effective two-minute drive in the fourth Bree. quarter to win it. Bree, I I would do unspeakable things for that situation. <laughs> unspeakable. <laughs> Be careful what you say. <laughs> When's the last time that's happened for us? Was it Cincinnati last season? Was that, God, is that it? I don't it? even remember. I mean, obviously, from a win, right? Because they did it against the Raiders, but then ultimately the field goal ended yeah. their hopes and dreams on that game. But yeah, I want to say going back to the Cincinnati game last year Good was probably grief. the last time we saw that. I mean, it, we've seen it go the opposite way. Oh, yeah. More times than not. So we're going to get into it. Um, Brittany did the rundown, and she named this episode. You guys will see it. The one where the harness comes off. And it's honestly like the most fitting title of our episode that we could ever have. <laughs> but when, so when Meredith said, she was like, let's call it the ones where the gloves co- come off. And I was sitting there typing this out and I was like, no, wait a second. <laughs> 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 that damn harness free. The harness. harness gate. So I was also like yesterday watching the game and we're going to get into all like the tragedy that unfolded on our television screens yesterday. But I was sitting there in literally the first 10 minutes of the game. I was sitting there thinking, like, we made that 12 days of Browns miss, you know, 
leading up to Christmas and we were ha ha we were so funny we were laughing and I was like I we could literally make a 12 days of Brownsmith just based on this game alone seriously it was that bad that bad last um, night you tweeted you're like it's like I'm watching a live execution okay <laughs> I did not feel that way I was like it was so uncomfortable and tragic and oh. I was sad and I it, it to me it literally was I was like he is getting hung out to dry and we are all watching it live he got to witness his own funeral seriously who gets to do that I mean a lot of people I guess <laughs> special things were happening last night Bree. unheard of things oh man the tale of the entire season so we all know <laughs> The Browns lost to the Steelers. I don't even know what the score was. It didn't even matter at that point. Like it because Najee Harris scored that last touchdown, which I was like, cool. And then we entered we threw an interception with like 20 seconds. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I give up. Like Um But yes, it was a meaningless game, nonetheless, for the Browns anyway. But it suddenly has a lot of meaning. So we're going to get right into what happened. Baker Mayfield, he was 16 of 38, 185 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked nine times. I thought it was like at least 15. That's what it felt like. It felt like that. He threw 10 straight incompletions, uh, which is the most in the NFL this season. He had at least four throws battered or deflected. I think it was actually, I think the tally was even higher than that. It might have uh, been. I didn't look it up. I just remembered four of them for sure. Because like half the time was like I was in the like, first quarter. <laughs> you know when you're watching a scary movie and like you yes. sort of like hide under the blanket and just sort of like, you know, put it over your face when the scary parts happen. That's yes. I kept doing that last night. There was a lot of scary parts. Did you find yourself cringing like any time he went back to throw the ball? It was like, is it going to be batted? <sighs> is it going to be intercepted? Or is the receiver going to drop it <laughs> like those were like the only options that could happen like Brie honestly when was the last time you saw a Browns quarterback that bad in a game okay I literally felt like it was Deshaun Kaiser like All I felt like right. I was watching <laughs> the I'm so, I, this was you. not an attack on you but but Brittany to me it felt like the game where Corey Coleman dropped that pass that wasn't even one of Kaiser's like worst games though like that so I remember specifically there was one where he threw like I want to say like at least four picks but you're probably right it was Deshaun Kaiser no, Deshaun Kaiser like that was the last yeah. time we saw a quarterback perform that poorly in a game well and I mean it just felt like we were watching a game from that year not necessarily yeah. him specifically but like the years that we were just like we knew we had no shot like the outside of the defense I mean it was it was very bizarre because one could argue that you know we were very unprepared going into this game but then I look at what the defense accomplished and I I would say the opposite it was a tale of two very different things happening yes. offensively versus defensively yes which so I, I think don't is a know. fair statement to make for like most of the last however many games. I don't like Yeah. It's always been the defense. The defense has actually they've turned the page. They are like they are completely different than they were in the first half of the season. The first like, you know, three or four games it was it was tough. 
And, yeah. you know, people wanted Joe Woods' head, uh-huh. the one him fired, which I'm not even saying they were unjustified. Like, it was bad. They were bad at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But they really turned it around to the point where, like, I look forward more to watching the defense play than I do the offense. And it's not even particularly close. Yeah, what a wild turn of events from last year. Crazy. Just you saying that. Um, I have to ask you, Brittany, um, just in watching the game last night, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I was going to ask you a question that had nothing to do with the rundown, and I completely just blacked out. I'm ruined. That's okay. The game ruined me. Good night, everyone. Um, okay, we'll just get into it. What did you witness last night at Pittsburgh? It was an execution for me. What about you? That's an excellent answer. I think what I saw last night, first of all, I wasn't expecting to see what I saw last night. Let's just say that. I was not expecting it to go like that. It was hard enough to watch and experience the Big Ben suck fest. Oh, my god! Just, like, yes. at a personal human level, just to watch that, like, pomp and circumstance of Big Ben's career and blah, blah, <laughs> he's such a savior to Pittsburgh. I won't even get into that because I could spend a whole episode talking about that shit. But I digress. I think what I saw, what we all saw last night was probably the end of an era here. And I think... Baker's comments afterwards sort of sealed the deal for me. And then Stefanski talking today when he, you know, Baker said something along the lines of um, not getting enough protection, mm-hmm. you know, leaving him on an island by himself, having J.J. Watt. I can't. <laughs> My heart is breaking <laughs> as I'm as I'm replaying these images in my head and I don't know how we got to when we hired Stefanski and I remember specifically we were talking on the show about alignment and how all the drama's behind us and how we finally have everything right and you know the front office the coaches ownership they're all in alignment they're all working towards the same goal and everything's going to be hunky-dory now and And we're so far from that right now. And that's, from this season, that's the most disappointing thing for me because I thought, I wholeheartedly believed that we had that all figured out. I don't disagree. Last night. (laughs) Clearly. Do you want to speculate wildly here for a second? Let's do it. I'm not why not? Saying, yeah, why not? It's our show. If we want to speculate wildly, we're going to do it. So I'm not saying that Stefanski sabotaged Baker Mayfield. I don't believe that to be the case. Sabotage is a strong word. That sabotage, is a strong word. to me, that's what... Remember when Todd Haley sort of sabotaged the <laughs> offense to get Hugh <laughs> yes. fired? Yes, backfired. Yes, and he, like, yes it was, exactly. We've experienced that, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a solid plan until it wasn't for Todd. <laughs> Um, but that was that was sabotage. Um, I do believe Hugh Jackson, another example, sabotaged Deshaun Kaiser's career to get Sashi out of there. That's a good example. What we saw last night wasn't sabotage. That's not what it was. It was a coach making his quarterback throw the ball. That's as 
that's as clear as I can make it for everyone. You can argue that I, should I even get into the run? Like I don't, I don't even know where to begin with this. So y- you have a coach that's making his quarterback throw the football, which is quite literally his job. That's his only job. Just you have a quarterback for that specific reason. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. So how dare he make him throw, Bree? How dare the coach make the quarterback throw? So I don't. It wasn't sabotage he wasn't trying to ruin his career he wasn't trying to ruin he was letting baker show who baker is that's what happened last night that's what's been happening for at least this the second half of the season for sure so you would put the blame on baker's shoulders for the most part yes i believe that he's like i'm doing my job i'm you know calling plays to get people open which he is these the receiver they're getting open baker has open people to throw to he's just not getting it there and he's showcasing his lack of abilities week after week after week and people are like well why doesn't stefanski you know why doesn't he make more adjustments why doesn't he rely on the run game mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. it's his job to call first of all nick chubb was hurt Okay, we found that out later on. But even so, can we just talk about how it's not fair? Well, okay, we'll get into Nick Chubb later. I'm scatterbrained because there's so there's so many layers <laughs> to what so I saw last. so many things to unpack. <laughs> we'll talk about the run game later. That's on the rundown too. But I just, I don't know how he comes back from that, from what happened last night. I don't know how you can look at, Baker Mayfield now the same way that you did at the beginning of the season I just don't know that I don't know how that happens especially after their comments today it seems like a divorce is imminent it's happening and you know I like to give the front office especially Andrew Barry the benefit of the doubt even when the Odell stuff happened yeah initially I was like you know what they're smart they're calm They'll figure this out. Like, they'll, it's not going to blow up the way that, you know, we're anticipating it to. I think it's going to be okay. It wasn't because sometimes, and it, it, whether it be football, in your personal life, work, whatever it is, you get to a point with no, re- there's no return. Yeah. I think with the Odell situation that happened, with his dad posting that video, that was the point of no return you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere. And I think last night that's what happened. I think that's why Baker finally said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to get my surgery now. I'm talking to my agents. That was weird to me. Yeah, that was super weird to me too. Like you you specifically said, I'm going to talk to my agents and my family about doing what's best for me. Let's examine that statement a little bit, Bree. I, same, but also... Regardless of that, were you not talking to anyone, you know, outside of your agent week two? Because I can't imagine that he was like, yeah, go make a name for yourself injured. Like, we're going to earn all the money by doing that. I, since we're wildly speculating, I, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around a lot of things because 
you know, I think there's kind of two stances as to what happened yesterday. There's the Baker, blame Baker side, and then there's the blame coaching side. And I just want to say for a minute, I think there's a lot of people to blame for what happened last night specifically. I don't, there's a lot of things I think we can unpack for the entire season. Um, But for the most part, you know, I think you're right in a sense that Kevin Stefanski was doing his job. Up until that point in time, up until today, Kevin Stefanski was playing a quarterback who has consistently said that he is healthy enough to play the football game and who they must all believe, coach included, gives the team a better chance to win the football game versus Case Keenum. But I I think that that's a stance that they truly believed in whether it was right or wrong I mean hindsight's 2020 right we can all go back and say that probably wasn't the best decision probably should have sat Baker Mayfield it has been like very interesting how they handled the whole injury because I do think there could have been someone saying no shut him down if he was really our franchise quarterback protect him at all costs we don't need to further damage him or injure him because we we want him to be back next year we want him to be healthy so I find that whole thing the whole psychology behind that like very interesting because for whatever reason maybe that wasn't discussed maybe it was discussed I don't know if we'll ever know that right probably not even going off of the injury um a lot of people were saying too there was no reason for him for him to even play last night's game you know, there, there was nothing on the line for the Browns outside of right. pride. And let's just be clear, like, <laughs> well. we did not accomplish that. <laughs> there was nothing accomplished from a cultural standpoint, beating Pittsburgh, like nothing from no. that lens. So, you know, I think a lot of questionable decisions. I mean, I, I don't think Baker should have played yesterday, but I also understand the decision to play him because they were preparing as if they still had a shot to get in the playoffs right and mm-hmm. and they found out at 5 p.m on sunday so to, to change everything and re-alter everything i thought would have maybe been i don't know I, I was fine with it i guess at the end of the day i was fine with him playing he played all season fine with it what i yeah, really I struggled messaged, with i messaged you guys and i was like you know if like you said if this is the is this is your future like you saw what they did in baltimore with Lamar Jackson, he was out there yes. practicing. Lamar probably said that he was good enough to go. Right. I'm Lamar sure probably said, no, I can play. Way. Right. But then I'm sure Harbaugh was like, uh, no, you're not. We're protecting you. You're not yes. playing. Because that's their guy. That's their franchise. Well, yeah. And all, they also haven't extended him, right? No, they have it's not. It's also like very interesting. Yes. Well, he doesn't even have an agent, though. It's just him. It's his mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cute. I love it so much. <laughs> um but yeah like that's the thing it was confusing to me that they said well you know baker's gonna play and and to me i'm like well that's that's odd you i don't know why you would put your injured quarterback in for a meaningless game when he you everyone knows he needs the surgery or else he's that's it's the only I was talking to someone earlier, and they were talking about, like, rest. Well, they should have taken him out to rest him. No, surgery was, was always only the only option, option to fix yeah. this. That's it. And another thing that I think people aren't realizing is, you know, when you tear a labrum, you're more likely to do it again and again and again. This isn't something, like, he'll have surgery, and he'll be fine for a little bit. But 
he's probably going to do it again. And are you sure that you want this again? So, Brittany, can I want to talk about the the run game, the play calling. We'll get into Nick Chubb um, as well. But there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about before we move on um, with Baker specifically. Like, if, if you guys remember, if you recall, when he was out with COVID, you know, and he wasn't able to play even though he, he wasn't symptomatic, when he he wasn't practicing either, and then he came out at, at Green Bay, I remember him saying, I think it was him specifically that said, like, or maybe it was AVP or someone else, but they said, like, it's the best he's ever felt. Yes. Because he got that extended rest because he he didn't play um, – it was going on like 10 days of like not doing anything. So it it has felt like multiple times they've come out or they came out and said like Baker looks the best he's ever been. He looks great. He looks great. And Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time believing that those were all lies that were like said to cover up something. I'm with you on that because it, it would be one thing if, Baker didn't say anything about these things. Like if he just said, you know, kept quiet about it. It would be really different if he didn't stand up at that podium in October and say very boldly, it's my decision if I want to play, I decide. So he he completely took all of the pressure off Kevin Stefanski in that and said, no, this is my decision. My body's good. I know my body. I know what I can handle. I'm medically cleared. Had he not have done that, had he just shut up <laughs> and played and just said, well, you know, I felt better, but like, I'm, I'll be fine. I, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Like nobody yeah. forced you to get up on that podium and proudly say that this is your decision. You know your body. You decide. Like the way he needed this season – so much of the Browns' success relied on his performance this year. Yes. So much of it. They just needed that offense to be what it was last year. Even if they didn't improve the offense, even if it was just the way it was last year, that would have been enough to get them probably 12 wins. Yeah. But here we are. And here like, we are. I, I don't know, Bree. Well, so I was going to say, you know, I know – we Baker's getting a lot of the blame, rightfully so. I, I do want to say too, though, that the offense in totality, probably outside of Nick Chubb and a couple of offensive linemen, were really bad. I mean, and and the entire offense hasn't been in rhythm this entire year, outside of a handful of games. And at the end of the day, like even with everything that happened in that game, like the offense still had a chance to win the game, and there were plays to be made. But there were so many things that happened throughout this entire game of people not executing. And and I want to, like, everyone gets frustrated by Coach Stefanski when he talks about lack of execution, and nobody wants to hear that. They want to mm-hmm. blame it on, you know, the injury and or the play calling or whatever else you want to blame it on. But, you know, Baker struggled. He held on the ball for too long. There were a ton of sacks based on that. He wasn't getting the ball out quick enough. He wasn't trusting his eyes. There were batted passes. Um, You know, he had some missed throws. When he made throws, his receivers were dropping passes. They were plagued with penalties. 
uh, false starts, holding calls. I mean, it honestly felt like we were watching the Browns of old where any positive play was negated by a negative play. Mm -hmm. And nothing this year has felt like it has been in rhythm at all. No. Every single first down is a struggle. Every yes. completed pass is a struggle. Like, it's just, it is painful watching that offense operate. Yes. That painful. might be the understatement of the year. <laughs> I mean, physically painful. Um, so I want to talk about the play calling and the run game specifically. So given the circumstances as how everything played out, do you think that Stefanski made a mistake not relying on the run game more? No. I don't know that I would have even made Nick Chubb go out there last night, honestly. I mean, like, the guy, he had COVID this year. You know, he's been gassed more than a few times. It could be because of that. Like, you can't yeah. rule that out. So no Kareem. Um, we saw what, yeah, we saw what happened with Miles Garrett last year when he had COVID. He never fully recovered. Uh, he had trouble in this breathing and, and all that. So you have this guy. And then we later found out that he actually did get hurt. He had a rib injury. So to say, well, how could he not run Nick Chubb more in a, in a game that meant nothing? Like they weren't playing. The, the, the season's done. They're not going anywhere. Why was it so important to these people for him to to have Nick Chubb have, you know, 25, 30 carries. For what? What would have happened if he would have got seriously injured last night, Bree? I know. Can I don't you imagine think about that it. backlash? I don't want to think about it. No. So the same people that are clamoring for more yards, more yards. What? That was a big risk to begin with, to even put him out there. Yeah. But then if that would have happened we would be in a very dark place right now. And also it's important to remember that other than the first, I, I think it was his first touch where he had like 30 some yards. Mm -hmm. After that, he averaged like two yards on 11 carries. That's it. So they stagged, they were, the Steelers had a game plan to force Baker to throw. That, and I mean, it's a game plan that historically works, and it worked yeah. very well last night, again. Yeah, so what I was seeing from Twitter as all of this was happening is, of course, everyone's clamoring for Nick Chubb to get the ball more. And, and I get it. Like, Nick Chubb is our best weapon on offense. He is as a running back, and mm -hmm. he's great, and he's amazing. I... I was questioning like where he was in the second quarter and it was weird because only because like no one was talking about it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily saying like, I want to see more of him. I was just like, Oh, that's weird. I feel like they would be playing him if he were, you know, around. <laughs> Is he injured? It was just very bizarre how all of that went down. So I think that added a little bit to, you know, the crowd or the fan base's displeasure and they all took it back to, well, Kevin Savansky's not using him. Like he's just hanging the quarterback out to dry. And I just want to bring something up really quick. And, and it may be unpopular. Do you remember last year when we were throwing the ball all over the place yes. at will and winning? Yes. No one at that point was clamoring to run the ball more. No. And it probably wasn't super obvious at the time because we had a balanced offense. We had games where we actually were able to take the lead pretty early on. <laughs> what a time that was. <laughs> 
And now all of a sudden, the fan base thinks this offense can only operate via the run game. And that's a problem. If you think the play calling needs adjusted because your quarterback is holding the offense back, we have way bigger problems than Nick Chubb not getting enough carries. But that's the thing, Bree. Like, they talk in circles, and they don't understand that they're proving themselves wrong while they're doing it. So, like... (laughs) You know, they will talk about, well, you know, Baker doesn't need to be throwing that much. But it worked. Like, you are arguing for this quarterback who you very much believe in to not throw the ball. Right, I know. Do you understand how you sound when you say that? Like, well, the game's on the line. You can't have him, you can't make him throw. What the hell are you even arguing right now? Because if you don't want your quarterback throwing when the game's on the line, you don't have a quarterback. You don't these, have the quarterback yes. you think you have. Period. Well, these are also the same people that are saying Baker doesn't have enough weapons and his wide receivers oh, suck, God. which were also the same <laughs> ones saying that OBJ needed to be gone because Baker played better without him. <laughs> like, the, the Browns roster in general is, like, at least, like, top ten for sure. Probably in the top five, just for on paper talent-wise. Not including Baker Mayfield. Everything around him. All the weapons that he has. For a long time, he was criticized for having too many weapons. Yes, that was yes. the criticism on him. Yeah. He has everything has to go perfect. He has too many weapons. And now it's like, well, you know, you got to rely you got to rely on the the run game. The run game will get you. You can only use this so much. You can only ask Nick Chubb to do so much. Kareem Hunt's been either hurt or sidelined with COVID most of the year. Yes. You need to have a quarterback who can throw the ball. I don't even know why I have to say that sentence, but I have to keep repeating it over and over and over again. You have to have a quarterback that can throw. And you say, well, you know, he's been injured all year, blah, blah, blah. My beef with that whole situation is that this all could have been avoided, all of it. Yes. Had he have just been honest from the beginning. Yes. And said, and people are like, well, it's not his responsibility. It is his responsibility. It's his body. This is his team. These are, these are his teammates that he's letting down. And yes. he very he very boldly said that if this was affecting his game, if this was costing his team, he would take himself out. He said that. So the fact that he admitted, well, you know, I'm injured, but it's not affecting my play. And until it does, I'm not taking myself out. So now we have a situation where... You know, everyone wants to blame the coach for this. Coach, it's his responsibility. He's got to be the one to pull the plug. Sometimes, you know, you have to put people in charge to look out for the safety of others, blah, blah, blah. So, to Kevin Stefanski's knowledge, because Baker Mayfield told him this endlessly, week after week, that he was good to go, he was feeling good, um, you know, the harness wasn't a big deal, like, his shoulder's fine, blah, blah, blah. He said all of this. Repeatedly. Because if he didn't, Stefanski would have just taken him out and said, if, if at any point Baker Mayfield said, coach, I need to come out, I need to have the surgery, I, I'm hurting the team. Guess what? Stefanski would have been like, you're good. We'll throw Keenum in there, go as far as we can, go have your surgery, we'll be back next year. That would have been the smart thing for Baker Mayfield to do because he would have saved himself another year or two. Well, and not to mention, they were also consulting like staff and doctors, right? It's not yes. like they were just like, 
blatantly throwing out any information that they were getting from the medical no, staff. No, he said he was good to go. Medical staff cleared him. In that situation, you can't sit him. You can't. If your starting quarterback, the face of the franchise, is saying, I'm good to go, coach. Medical staff's clearing me. You can't just sit him and say, well, he's injured. You can't do that. Because then what ha- now what we have do you not trust your quarterback? <laughs> you that, know, exactly. Everyone plays beat up. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, all of this could have been avoided early on if he just would have been honest from the beginning. Because I was just explaining this to somebody. It's so much easier to sit a starting quarterback for injuries than it is to sit a starting quarterback for poor play. play. Yeah. Because he's not going to come back from that. Yeah. He's not. And he I, couldn't do that. He, and also, let me speculate wildly again. Now, this is just my own feeling about things, but I think that ownership might have something to do with this. I was going to ask you that question. Do yes. we think that this was, like, Kevin Stefanski is getting a lot of heat for all mm-hmm. of these things, all of these decisions, the fact that he, that Baker Mayfield was playing, the injuries, not pulling him, even in yesterday's game. You know, I was seeing people say, like, pull him, have Case Keenum come in. You know, he's clearly mm-hmm. struggling. I also wondered that same thing, like, is this really a Kevin Stefanski decision or is this coming from above? Because that's been the Browns' favorite pastime. I'm saying, you know, we always talk new new regime, everything's uh-huh. aligned, blah, blah, blah. But I'm starting to wonder if the Haslams had something to do with this, which is not a, beyond the realm of possibility because let's be honest, they historically – metal they get involved they have their favorites they you know pick and choose so in my mind i'm like okay is it possible that ownership was like you know this kid he's the face of the franchise he is in progressive commercials all over america he is this is the guy like you i would not be surprised if they straight up told kevin stefanski you cannot sit him you can't yeah Number one draft pick. That makes sense to me. I don't know. What about you, Bree? Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a possibility. And Kevin Stefanski's not going to go out there and be like, "Yeah, I'm playing him because ownership told me I have to right. play him." You know, he he knows he's going to take a lot of heat for it. I mean, Baker, I think knew he would probably take a lot of heat for it. And you know, one thing I will say about Baker, there's no arguing that he gives it his all. He doesn't give up even after the performance he put out there on the field. Like he was fighting for every Mm -hmm. play. Like that is one thing that you can never knock the kid for. And I don't think anyone has ever knocked him for giving up or playing, you know, not looking like he has any heart in the game. Um, And, and I was at a point last night and I texted you guys, like I felt awful for him. Like, I think it was in the second quarter. I texted you guys that I, I was just like, my, heart was just sinking for him. I felt like he was a wounded animal that got hit while he was trying to cross the road and he was just left out for dead. Like no one was helping him. Like you knew it was inevitable that he was going to eventually die, but it was going to be slow and it was going to be painful. And we were all going to have to drive by and witness the painful death. It was like the time I ran over a turtle. Oh my God. Total, I, I did. Devastated. It was, I felt. I've never felt worse about <gasps> anything in my life. A turtle. A turtle. Well, I was okay. So I was driving to Char. I was living in North Carolina at the time, 
and I was on the highway. I was on like 95 in Charlotte, and I was in the left lane. There was someone to the right of me. I saw this turtle in the street just like there, and I couldn't avoid it. Or else I was gonna crash my car, so I just had to run it over in the sound. I hope you went Michelle. Oh my god. I still hear the sound, Bree. Oh no. That's what it felt like last night. I also I, I love Baker the fact that you didn't even have a shell to go in. <laughs> when you said that, when you're like, oh I feel so bad for him, Jenna's like, I don't. I know, I know. I mean clearly if you read any of Jenna's tweets, she does not. <laughs> I, I, I know. know. I'm like th that's that's just me. That's just my personality, and you know that's Jenna for sure. No, I um, get it because let's be honest. We all wanted this to work in the worst way. Like we did. I don't think there's a small portion of Browns fans who probably were rooting against this from the beginning, but that's not the majority. The majority of us have always been cheering for this to work. We've always wanted Baker Mayfield to be the guy. I know. Us specifically, we have been staunch supporters of his throughout his whole career here. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've definitely given him the benefit of the doubt more right. often than not on this show. Absolutely we have. And to watch what transpired last night, because it wasn't just a loss. It was Ugh. slow and tragic and hard to watch. It was very, very hard to watch. Um Yeah. Yeah, like just, it just, it, I was listening to Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima this morning, um, you know, licking my wounds, getting ready for work. Um, you know, I, I like that show. I, I think they do a really good job of navigating the feelings of the fan base. And, you know, they obviously also have a radio show and that's what they do. They listen to callers and they, and they have their own opinions. But I thought they did bring up a really good point of it. It was so hard to watch as a Browns fan because it felt like it was just a mockery of the Cleveland Browns. And it was all of Pittsburgh, their fan base, the players that were just like performing. It was like this. Per it was just like so gross to think yes. about. And like the way that TJ Watt was like taunting Baker and like laughing and just everything about it. Like it honestly felt like we were literally, he was literally getting murdered and they were just all maniacally like laughing at what the yes. sight of us just dying. <laughs> I feel like I, I like, and I had nightmares about this last night too, by the way, I was like trapped at Heinz field. <laughs> and I couldn't get out. And Big Ben, he looked like Albert Einstein. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why, but he was terrifying. <laughs> he looked like Albert Einstein. I don't know why. But yes, I felt like we were in that movie, The Gladiator. Like, and the Browns were just getting killed, and everyone was just cheering. <laughs> What'd you say? You're gonna make me pee my pants. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Every time I close my eyes, I want to see Big Ben as Albert Einstein. Oh, he was like fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Brittany, I'm not lying. I like woke up in a pool of sweat. I was like, oh my god, I am trapped in this dream. Were but your then I was like, did I dream sweaty, this? <laughs> Everything was sweaty. <laughs> I was so upset. By the way, I have a question. Yes. Has there 
honestly, think about it. Has there ever been a quarterback in the history of the NFL that looks more like his fans than Ben no, I saw you tweet that, and honest to God, it's like so perfect. When they like, showed that picture, I forgot what he looked like during the draft, but that like gross chin strap, oh, ew, like, oh, so God. gross. He just the looks chin greasy. strap days, just greasy, greasy and gross. He probably smells. Um, brushes his teeth with butter, <laughs> like the rest That's of them, I... like the rest of them's. Um. <laughs> Okay, I'll get back on track. I'm sorry. I it, I swear, if Ben Roethlisberger ends up looking like Albert Einstein, I'm I, it's gonna. I was just predicting the future. Um. Okay. So getting getting back on track a little bit. So I'm sure a lot of people at this point have seen this tweet from Seth um, Walder, but he tweeted out this stat that I thought was really interesting. So both Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow have nine percent sack rates. But there's a very glaring difference here in this under the covers, and it's in protection. So the Browns actually rank fourth in pass block win rate, and the Bengals rank 30th. So when you think about that percentage, you would assume that either Baker would be sacked less or Joe Burrow would actually be sacked more. What can you make of this, Brittany? I mean, that's damning. Isn't that just like rubbing salt into the open wound, the flesh wound? That is shocking. I don't, I mean, at that point, you can point fingers at whoever you want to. But with a stat like that, it's hard to say that the quarterback is doing his job. He is not getting rid of that ball in time. And we saw a lot of that last night too, by the way. Oh my gosh, it was painful. My... So when I watched the game with my husband, we weren't even watching it together. Um, we just stayed in separate quarters of the house. It was better that way. But I always hear him yelling, get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it is, it's honestly, that's like probably one of Baker's most frustrating tendencies. And he's been this way, I think, since he entered the league, is wanting to extend a play and holding on to the ball too long and just getting swallowed. Or and making the, a really bad throw. Yeah. One of the things that people kept talking about, too, is that he was seeing defenders that just weren't there. So, like, you saw him oh, do, like, God. spin moves to get away from people that just weren't there, Bree. I mean, I do that all the time in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you seeing ghosts? Seeing ghosts, and I just hit the spin move. Um, yeah, this is not good. And this is also coming from an offensive line that quite frankly has been a revolving door. And I, and I don't understand, like I, I did hear Baker call out Kevin Stefanski with not giving James Hudson any help against TJ Watt. And, and I will say like that was infuriating. Like he was just getting owned. And I also felt really bad for him. I don't understand like what the breakdown there was. And Kevin Stefanski alluded to that there were guys that perhaps did not execute. There's that word again, execution, Mm-hmm. And then he also alluded to that Baker held onto the ball too long. Yes, he did. And that's that's one of the, uh, when I when he said that, I was like, oof, this is going to be a hard one to come back from, I think. Yeah. I think they both had very different ideas of how to play the game last night. And again, I'm not saying that it was a sabotage, but I think 
Stefanski was kind of at the point where he's like, you know what? Good luck. I need you to be a quarterback. I need you to make throws. I need you to get rid of the ball. I need you to not make stupid decisions. I need you to see the field. All these things that I need you to do, good luck. That's it. And, yeah, yeah it was it was rough to watch at times. You didn't want to see it end that way. But given both of their comments about each other, you have to assume that something is brewing there. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, for as much as I wanted this to work out, I think what's disappointed me the most in this season with Baker specifically is his decision-making on yeah. every front. He has not been smart at all. And I think there's been a lot of discussion about his injuries and how much he's, his play has been in- impacted from his injuries But I want to go back to, like, this injury stemmed from a decision that he made to try to tackle someone after he threw an interception. Yes. It was his decision to insist on playing injured. You could argue that his entire regression this year stems from the injury, but ultimately that injury came from a really poor decision that came from him. And I think this is where Baker gets himself in trouble, is that I think oftentimes he wants to be the hero. Mm -hmm. He, He plays with heart. But I think it gets him in trouble because I, I think he overcompensates for some of his shortcomings. And I think he's selfish and his ego gets in the way. Be, I, I get it. He's a competitor. Like that's just sometimes human nature to like, have that competitive drive. When you make a mistake, you just want to immediately fix it. And instead of just swallowing your pride and moving on and regaining your composure, you make stupid decisions. And then all of these things just piled up and it got to a point where yeah playing injured has impacted his mechanics it's impacted his footwork he's now seeing ghosts he can't make the right decisions he isn't seeing wide open receivers he's questioning everything Mm -hmm. and I just don't know number one how he comes back from this and number two how the Browns say like yeah we think you're our guy he's been way too inconsistent for that and it's not just his play it's his decision-making you need to be smart and I don't know right now if he's shown that he's smart no especially in with this with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski two very smart guys they want a smart quarterback and what did we talk about all year last year Brie yeah he needed to be smart What did we talk about we said you know maybe he's not the most athletic he's definitely not the tallest he has things working against him one thing that he can do that will make him stand above the rest, that will help his career in the long run, that'll that'll make him a franchise quarterback is being smart. That's really the only thing that Baker Mayfield could do to change his path was yep. just to get smarter. Because if you're not going to be the most athletically gifted, if you're not going to be the most accurate you know, if you're going to throw a lot of interceptions, if you're, if you're, you have to be smart. You have to be the smartest guy on the field. And he, this season could not have gone any worse for him, not just with injuries, but with the decisions that he has made. Yeah. He has played himself out of a contract. I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know what his future is now, but I 
genuinely in my heart do not believe is with the Cleveland Browns anymore. I don't. It's crazy to think that a year ago, a year ago, we were in the week leading up to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and he was the guy that, that got us there. Those final eight games of the season, he got us over the hump of beating the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, Big Ben was on the bench crying a year it ago. It was amazing. It was the greatest day to be a Browns fan ever. And yeah. like, who would have thought that a year later we would be this? No, and... You know, those were those times were man, they were so happy. And, you know, I, I still think there were people questioning Baker's ability even back then, even when he was having really, really good performances. And, you know, I, obviously there's so many things that have happened this year. And we've talked about a lot of them. I just don't know if you can make a future decision off of an eight game season in one good year. Like there's there's too many inconsistencies, in my opinion, to write a check that big. Yeah, and who's especially to say the when Baker... the rest of the roster is, it, you're in a pretty good spot. Oh yeah, the roster is probably not going to get much better than it has been this year, as far as like weapons, what they're able to put around him. Like this is probably the peak for him. So if he performs like this with a pretty good roster, free, I don't know what that holds for his future. I, it's sad. That's it, that's what it is. It's sad. Yeah, and like how much of a difference was it too when you were sitting there on Sunday watching Joe Burrow with his like plethora of offensive weapons and then watching what we watched last night? Oh, God. But like, like even it, if they had like, you know, Jamar Chase, who's throwing to him? You know what I mean? No, I just meant like it, it just felt, it honestly felt like our offense kind of had some of those same explosive plays last year and... Mm-hmm just it was surprising in a sense and I mean who knows you would think that this Cincinnati team like it may not be sustainable either you know they may have a full year of tape on uh, on those guys all together now and next year it can be completely different you know like you never know yeah. uh, I think Joe Burrow is really good and I and I think that he will overcome that but um I don't know like Baker there's something that bothers me too that it's it's probably really stupid and I'm a huge advocate of, you know, having lives outside of football. I don't expect them to be like knee deep into their playbooks 24 hours a day. I do not spend 24 hours of my day working on my job. But I don't know if the focus is there and I, I think it goes back to stupid Halloween when they totally shit the bed against the Steelers the first time and then they they had a Halloween party. And I get it. They probably had to prepay for their Halloween room and to have the party. But in my mind, just not a great look on someone that you think is your franchise quarterback and amidst a season that was still dealing with COVID and protocols and, and quite frankly, not great play at that point in time. No. I don't know. I just, I just, there's just, I think some questionable decision-making again. Absolutely. By all means, go have dinner, go enjoy a drink. You know, I, I, I'm not saying like you can't do that stuff, but it, it just was a, I don't know. It was, it was a rough look to me. I mean, I don't follow the other teams that much, but like, I don't know if I've seen reports of the Steelers. Like when I just look at the division rivals, like they all throw Halloween parties after the game. Like was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, like were they all hanging out and partying and drinking? I, I just like in the season I'm gonna, specifically. I'm yeah, I mean, in the season specifically, like, 
I don't know. And if you're going to do it, maybe just stay off social media. I don't, I, I don't know. It just like, it just bothered me. Maybe I shouldn't care that much, but. No, I think that's fair. It's a fair criticism, especially when your performance is not matching. Like if you're playing great, cool, do whatever you want. I don't care. Go out and have fun, have parties after you lose. Like, but they're not, they were not playing great. They just got their asses handed to them. Yeah. And then there they are, like, you know, dressed up like a streaker with the trench coat on, naked. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And like I said, I'm not like, I don't work 24-7, but like when I have really important meetings come up, I know how to prioritize my time. And I know that I should be getting sleep and I know that I should be preparing the days leading up to it and probably staying focused, you know, like it's just like maturity yes. and I don't know, having any type of self-awareness, just any, <laughs> just a little bit, just maybe, I mean, he didn't show up to press conferences, like wearing trench coats and shaving his facial hair and changing his like identity three times. But, oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> how could you forget? How could you forget? Oh, God. I just had flashbacks. I'm having PTSD. Yeah, like 2019, like how this end played out, it is very reminiscent of 2019. And so I think we should end with this. Like it definitely feels like it's over for Baker and Stefanski. Like they're they're definitely like not on the same page. And, And it's funny, like at what point did this happen? And you put, can you put a finger on it all? Like, has this been like all year and we've just been privy to it these last couple of weeks? I honestly don't know where to pinpoint it because like last year you would, I mean, last year was such a bizarre year where like, you know, they didn't have fans in the stands. Uh, everything was mostly virtual. They didn't have, it was a new. Everything was shut coming. down too. They didn't yeah, have anywhere like, to go. They didn't have, they didn't have anywhere to have a Halloween party. No, they had all the, the excuses in the world for it to not work last year. And it did. And it was very successful. And then this season was just not that. And I would say you could pinpoint, if I had to choose where things got sort of wonky, I would probably say when he got injured and decided that he was still okay to play. Because I think at that moment, he was prioritizing the contract over mm-hmm. being a productive player for his team. Like that was that was a side, you know, if we if we go far, if we go to the playoffs, if we win the Super, that's cool. But like I need to play for my money. And that's when he decided and made it very clear that it was his decision, that's sort of when I was like maybe that was the turning point because at that point Kevin Stefanski was probably like, All right we'll do this your way <laughs> and that's what they did they did it baker's way yeah which i mean looking back at it he could not have had a worse year for himself personally as far as like looking into his future than he did because of the path that he chose again not smart so whose side are you on Oh, we I think all know. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even say Stefanski's had. I don't even think he's had a bad year. I think what has happened is that he's had to adjust. You know, you brought up the fact that 
last season they called for you know spreading the ball around. How many different people had touchdowns during like, yeah, a, a single game? Look at that Tennessee game, the Dallas game, the, the Cincinnati game. They spread it everywhere, and it was successful. That's what Kevin Stefanski would like to do, but he doesn't have a quarter. He doesn't have a vessel to make his dreams come true right now. He just has to call these lame-ass little plays, rely on the, the run game as much as he can when they're there and healthy, but there's no creativity. It, it's lackluster. It's conservative, but because it has to be. This is not by choice. This is not something that Kevin Stefanski wanted. He didn't want his offense to look like this. This is not a dream scenario. It's not ideal. This is a, a this is what happens when your quarterback can't play football. This is the result. This is the offense that you get. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he regressed. No. I think Kevin Stefanski is still fine. And for people like, he needs fired, you know, he's on the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat. I promise you, Kevin Stefanski is not on the hot seat. That front office backs him 100%. There's no doubt about that. So now it just comes down to who's going to be the quarterback next year. I don't know. Oh, That's, my gosh. I don't know. We'll have five months <laughs> to talk about it. I, I don't know where to go from here, but I do trust that Andrew Barry, probably one of the smartest GMs in football, will figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I think Andrew Barry has his work cut out for him. Yes. You know, just with – it'll be a really interesting, you know, wrap-up press conference from him, right? Doesn't he t- traditionally speak at the end of the season? He does, yeah. So that'll be interesting to like listen to him. I mean, obviously he's not going to reveal anything because uh, that's just who he is. We, we all know that we don't get a ton of information from him and or Kevin Stefanski during press conferences. But nonetheless, you know, I do think he has his work cut out for him. And there may be a possibility Baker Mayfield is still a Cleveland Brown next year. Like that may be their, quite frankly, only option. Sure. And if that's the case. You know, they they got to pay him, I think it's like 18 mil. Yeah. And if that's it's the case, possible. fine. You know, there's going to be probably some – fences that that need mending and some some people that have to get over some egos and you know baker may feel the opposite of of what you were describing Brittany, where he he may feel that kevin stefanski sabotaged him sure you know and like look at this like bs of what i was thrown into and i was playing injured and all this stuff like i could totally see him having that attitude or at least making a plea if he landed on another team you know give me a shot like let me prove it to you he might request a trade. Right. No doubt. So there's so many things. I mean, when I think about last offseason and, you know, just think about the Lions and the Rams. Like, I never expected that trade to happen with Goff and Stafford. Yeah. You know, there's just there's just so many scenarios that, that we don't even know at this point. But I don't know. It's it's just it's just frustrating to be in this spot like a year removed from being in the playoffs of thinking that we have to start this thing all over again from a quarterback standpoint and then there's teams that just like luck into it aka the Bengals (laughs) right we have Bengal envy I I mean it's yes it's it really does suck you know because I get it they were they were like really bad for like one year and then they happened to land on the number one draft pick was a no-brainer right yes when we were drafting that year, there were four quarterbacks on the board that were all in question, and I don't know if we got it right. I don't know if it would have mattered, honestly, who we would have picked because we would have ruined them anyway. Right. <laughs> so, 
a moot point, I guess. But I don't know. Wait, I have to ask you. Did you watch the Manning cast last night? Or did you watch the regular? So broadcast? the first half we watched the regular one, and then we switched over to the Manning cast. Okay. I which <laughs> it was. It was interesting. So interesting. I started with the original broadcast, and then when it became like the Big Ben, like love, I was like, I can't. I would rather not listen to any football sounds at all than to listen to these people speak. So yes, I turned the Manning cast on, um, which is somewhat distracting because when they interview people, especially, it's just like it's just annoying because you're like, okay, they're not talking about the game at all in in a lot of instances. But yes, I was actually happy to be distracted. <laughs> And then when they were talking about the game, I did find it, like, very interesting. At one point, like, I think Peyton Manning said, when Nick Chubb is not lined up next to Baker Mayfield, nothing good happens. <laughs> I mean, there were some comments. Oh, yeah. And it was it's interesting because him and Jimmy Haslam, like, they're buds, right? They are buds, yes. So, I wonder, wonder if old Jimmy Boy got a text message, like, what the F is happening? <laughs> Like you got a you got a lot of problems here, man. <laughs> yeah. Sure do. Sure do. I don't know. Are you gonna fully immerse yourself? Well, first of all, there's still another game that the Browns have to play. Like, like thank you, NFL, season. for this extra game of misery. Jesus Lord. Like, just put the entire team on the COVID list. Can they do that? Put the what on the COVID list? The entire team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can Antonio and Brown, like, come up with some fake tests? Please. Just put them all there. Just forfeit. Nothing matters. I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I just am like, I don't want anyone to get injured that's of importance. Like, do you just play the second? I don't even want the second string to get injured. Who do you, Can you just call up the practice squad? Yeah, like, don't play Nick Chubb. Don't do that. Don't play Miles Garrett. Anyone no. of value that you want to, you absolutely want to have next year don't play them period how much are tickets going for it's probably like five dollars yeah seriously probably like three bucks <laughs> i saw someone tweet last night and i laughed they were like i don't even know who the person's name right there they were like how dare patricia email me about tickets to the Bengals game <laughs> it's like read the room <laughs> oh my god Oh, anyway, that wraps us up. I mean, we have to fully immerse ourselves into the Cavs, right? That's all we can do. That's it. That's all and we I can do. And I saw a little video of Colin made my whole day. Birthday, babe. Oh, happy birthday, Colin. Oh, little, little nugget. Can't wait to have you back. I know. Well, that wraps us up. Hopefully, uh, Meredith is back for the next one. I think you guys may look to record another episode this week because... You know, Lord knows there'll be content this week coming out of what happened. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, I think. Sure is. But mm -hmm. otherwise, if, if you guys don't hear from us again this week, we're going to look to set up a Twitter spaces and, and get everyone involved. It feels like that needs to happen this week, too. So look out for that. Stay tuned for the next episode and uh, stay healthy, everyone. Stay positive if you can. And we'll talk to you guys all next week.